All right, so this is Price Archery and Hunting, name subject to change, because it seems kind of complicated and weird, but <laughs> we'll see how that goes. So I'm with uh, Brian Webb. He's the new owner of Impact Archery. Uh, how you doing today, Brian? I'm doing good. Today was a good day. Yeah, <laughs> it was. there were still people here when I got here after we were supposed to be closed, so... <laughs> Seems like a good day to me. <laughs> it's about helping people. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so let's do, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got into archery first? Uh, it happened around the dinner table. I know a lot of people don't sit around dinner tables too much anymore, but uh, I had two girls at home still, and uh, they were growing up faster than I can keep up with, and I wanted to do something with them. So around the dinner table, I said, come on, we need to figure out something to do together as a family. Yeah. Um, and it turned into being archery. There's multiple things on the table, but some of them were not in the books. <laughs> that's that's kind of interesting. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Like, So you guys, I, I never even knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so you just decided something we're all going to do together and everybody just kind of threw something in a hat and you're just... Yeah. Throughout some suggestions. And then, yeah. And then uh, Alexis suggested, that because she had done archery in, in high school, and probably just a recurve at that point, but she did it and she enjoyed it. Okay. So it brought that up and the girls got excited about it. And I said, well, let's go find out about it. And uh. that's why I ended up coming <laughs> into Impact Archery. Right. I, okay. Wow. That's kind of cool. It's like, because right now I'm, I'm starting my daughter, um, Marilyn, who you mm -hmm. know. <laughs> um you know, I'm kind of taking that a similar approach to help her find what she likes, you know, and obviously she's only in kindergarten, but uh, we started her in guitar lessons and taekwondo and she's just having a blast with all of it. So and obviously she shoots a bow too. Life's so, meant to be fun. Exactly. That's kind of, a, that's <laughs> a really cool way to do that though. You know, I never heard of someone just picking archery that way. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, since then, this is like for you i mean you're you're a senior pro now mm -hmm. right third year and i mean you've been winning tournaments you've been i mean you've been kicking butt out there i remember a time where you were asking for advice from me now i'm getting every <laughs> bit of advice from you that i can get <laughs> yeah it's growing i mean it's one of those lifelong sports you don't just do yeah. it for five minutes and become great it takes a lifetime to get great and then even yeah. though you're still worried about we're not worried, necessarily worried, but you still want to leave that legacy behind because there's a lot of older archers out there that we look up to still. They can't shoot the scores, but they're still out there promoting and shooting archery, and that's right. kind of where I eventually want to be. One, that's, of, those old, one of those old guys. <laughs> that's cool, and that, that makes me think of uh, kind of what the NFAA had going on with, um, I believe they have something going on where they're doing like a special class a silver senior class or something that they're going to shoot for their own money i believe yeah. or something like that that's what yeah. I heard. yeah which is awesome because that's i mean there's guys that when i first started there was still the 80s videotapes that you could rent of them you know doing seminars and stuff and they're they're kind of the godfathers of what arch of target archery is today yeah. Yeah. you know and it's it's really cool to see them not have to go to Vegas and just shoot flights after being a pro for so many years. Cause yeah. I mean, let's be honest, some of the pros out there are just rid 
ridiculously good now mm-hmm. to where I, you know, it discourages a lot of people to compete in that class, but you know, that is what it is. That's yeah. kind of with anything, but, but you got to try. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you only get better <laughs> shooting with better people. <laughs> and I, what I noticed with you, what was something really cool. Like I, I can always tell when people come in here and get the bug. Cause you know, I've been in here since I was like 10 years old and it happened to me and I I think I know when I got addicted or, you know, it was like a matter of doing some tournaments and winning. And I think I, you know, I got like a, a medal or something in the mail that said I was a state champion in some class that I was shooting <laughs> yeah. against like four kids. <laughs> but you were there. But yeah, it just, it pumped me up so much. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I never looked back after that. And I, I saw it with you pretty quick. You know, I, I seen so many people come in start shooting and talk the game like they're super addicted Mm -hmm. and then uh before you know it all of a sudden you don't see them for a year yeah and they do the one year circuit and after probably within the first year i knew you were into it i really knew we were sitting at vegas and one year and had a discussion at our impact vegas dinner we did yeah and I can't remember specifically what we were talking about, but I remember, oh, you know what it was? It was how, how quick you got into like the mental management side of the sport. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's such a big part of this game Mm -hmm. that, that it's, it's like the best part of it and the worst part of it all and all together. Yeah. Yeah. Cause once you figure it out, you feel like you're on a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And when you learn that stuff for archery, it transitions to so many other things in your life. Very true. Like I started reading the books in elementary school and all of a sudden, like I was getting A's in public speaking and all that kind of, cause it, it just changed everything, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people will put in three or four years and I'll see the mental management side of the sport really tear them down. Mm-hmm. And they, they're ready to quit. Yeah. And some of them do quit. Most mm-hmm. of them quit when, when they really hit they rock bottom. They become frustrated, yeah. Yeah, because everybody starts this for fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, that might be something that makes it tough for the target side of the sport to grow. But I don't know. Well, you know, it's, everyone's got to go through it. Yeah, there's so many aspects of archery, too. <clears throat> oh, the, yeah. uh, the hunting side, which this year has been pretty steep uh, learning curve for me because I haven't done a lot of it. Yeah. But I've been fortunate to have yourself, uh, Adam Ross, uh-huh. Darren, some of those guys around helped me get through the rough times I've had here. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's been a steep learning curve and really good for myself because I'm uh, got a hunt in Idaho I'm looking forward to this year to go up with Adam. That's going to be awesome. Um, so That'll I'm, be I'm, very I'm cool. dialed. I'm ready to go. I don't know what's going to happen when I see the heartbeat and the fur, but... I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like probably what for me, it's that that moment has been a lot like those high pressure shoot off moments. And it, it's been very similar to that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a little more. I think there's one you're taking a life. Yeah. So that that adds a lot to it. And I mean, I've never shaken before I've even drawn my bow like I have uh, just this this last season or you know just a month ago in Oregon mm-hmm. thinking a bull is going to walk out 
right where I thought he was coming. And I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm going to have a 15 yard shot on this bull right now. (laughs) The wind is right. Everything's good. And I can't hold my hand steady to save my life. And I'm like, I wonder if I can even pull my bow back right now. Right? (laughs) It's like, man, I, you know, I haven't been practicing a ton with my hunting bow, but it's at like 70 and I don't, I'll, I'll get it back. I'll do it. But yeah, you know, I've, I've luckily I've been able to shoot, um, pigs at least with, my bow and mm. i i kind of worked through it i mean i guess it's not as an exciting animal to shoot but <laughs> it's it's like anything else you get through those exciting moments and when you learn how to calm everything down once you get into mm. your shot it's it's pretty awesome uh, you're you're definitely going to experience it Ex- well, you're gonna you're gonna put in a lot of time chasing yeah. an animal and when you finally get that opportunity it's gonna be yeah something else for I've sure heard, i've heard from uh, multiple people telling me that uh, there's uh you can win all the national events in a year but it'll never balance out to what it is to harvest your first yes. or your second third or fourth animal oh yeah it's I've, just so much more involved I've cried like a baby on every one of them <laughs> <laughs> i've i've literally just teared up immediately yeah you know it was so intense uh in, and i i'm glad you brought up hunting too because there was something I've been thinking about with you getting into it, and and we'll we'll get to more about the shop here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I love that that you you picked the perfect, most straightforward path when you started into hunting, and hunting gets so controversial with people. And these last few years, I've you know, I've learned a lot more about the ethical side of it mm-hmm. and what I really believe in about it and how great I think it is to provide meat for your family or for yourself Absolutely. and, you know, get something that's healthy and good for you and put in the work to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I really got into backpack hunting these last couple of years. Um, anyways, but what's still hard for me is I see people who come in and they treat it in a way that makes me want to shake their shoulders and say, no, no, you, you, you can't hunt yet. Not yet. You're not ready for it. You're not ready. (laughs) You, you need to, you need to be better than a a paper plate group at 10 yards. Yeah. You, you're just, no. And, and it sucks, but it, it, it hurts the sport too. When people, when people, um, find like you know i saw last year in our local area there was a bunch of pictures of a buck with an arrow stuck in its ass Mm -hmm. that you know that that'll go more viral probably than any hunting video out there of the most ethical hunters yeah and that's the that's the only rough part about it is there are going to be scenarios where an animal gets wounded or an animal dies later and doesn't Mm -hmm. get retrieved um, you know, it's it's stuff that's been really sitting heavy on me yeah. these last few years. That, that's where target archery can help out the hunters become exactly. a better hunter, not just yeah. in the shot, but just mentally, physically ready. Yeah. Um, instead of just pulling the bow out a week, a month before, yep, it's ready to go, and then they go. They're they're they have no idea that with a rifle or a gun, um, they are part of that mechanism now. For a rifle and gun, it's a it's a unitized package. It's all together. Where we are, we have to hold the shot. We have to fire the shot. 
uh, execute a good shot. We have to aim. I mean, yes, you have to aim with a rifle, but uh, there's so much more involved with shooting, harvesting yeah. an animal, or much less hitting a target at 60 yards. You know, that's what we do, though. You know, being an archer, we we work on it year round. Yeah, exactly. So that's um, yeah, and I mean that's what I was getting at before I kind of got on that rant but <laughs> i'm bad about that once i get a thought i just keep rolling i'll work rolling on it, it. <laughs> um is i i love the approach you took you you took that i'm gonna leave no stone unturned when i get into this i you know just like you are w- with your target shooting you're you were very much thinking about what's every possible thing i can do to not to minimize my failure or minimize the possibility I'm going to hurt the animal, Mm -hmm. you know, and you, I came in, I think, I mean, you've had, I've seen you, I've come in and you had a bow set up for turkey hunting and just set up to the T. I mean, you went all out way more than most people will. And I love that. And then I came in, you had a different bow set up for pig hunting or something. I can't remember, but (laughs) that's, that's what gets rough is seeing I, you see so many people who, like you said, they pick up the bow or or a brand new one that they you know bought at the sporting goods store a week before season, and they're like, "Oh, can you get this set up for me real quick?" Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, but are you gonna be smart enough to know when you're shooting this bow that maybe isn't that great either, that probably can't perform very well? Are you gonna know that you're you're not a safe hunter past 30 yards. Capabilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you going to stick to your capabilities? And that's the thing that scares me with hunters is the people who just let them fly. Mm-hmm. You know? But, uh, yeah, I love that how much you really put into it. It's a passion. Yeah. All in or all out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no gray areas. And every day is a learning day. I mean, I learn stuff from our customers every day. Yeah, that's you know, awesome. I, I don't know everything, um, so I am going to ask questions. If something seems a little gray, I'm going to ask a, ask a question. I'm not going to mm-hmm. stand back and be the big shot. I'm not here to uh, <clears throat> be the big guy. I'm here to help people and yeah. let them live their dreams out. You know, if I can help them do that, it, it's, all to be, it, it's better for me because I get to enjoy it too, knowing that right. I was able to be part of it, just like Martha when she goes – and uh, does all of her stuff overseas. You know, she's sits in a wheelchair and shoots archery, loves it. Yeah. Um, but knowing that I've been able to help her in little bits and pieces, not all of it because she's got a huge foundation, but uh, setting up arrows before her last tournament where she set the national record for para, um, things like that, knowing that I was able to help her out. She got the reward, but I can sit back and enjoy it too. Oh, for you sure. Know. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm... That's where I'm coming from. <laughs> I think that that has to do with finding something you're passionate about mm-hmm. and teaching it too, you know. Yeah. I think it's you you get a real reward from every bit of it. Like I think I to this day I've won some awesome stuff when I was younger. I've had, you know, some I what I won Vegas with. Again, I it I can't even brag on myself. I was like I think I was 12 and I shot in the freestyle limited class with my fingers and uh-huh. competed against like six kids. And 
I beat the second place kid by like 40, 50 points. Like it was, I thought I was competing and that's what helped me get addicted to archery, uh-huh. but I wasn't competing until I jumped into freestyle and really tried, you know, well, but, I chased you for a while. You and your dad both. It was, it was, that was not necessarily a, yeah. a goal to beat. It was just the bar to meet, you know, um, many, many years. Yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't until a few years ago that I actually scored as well as you have. And I was like, wow, I'm finally here. I'm in it. I'm in it. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, there was a lot going on with my dad where I had some, I'd look at something he was tinkering with or something he was doing and think to myself, like, ah, why aren't you just shooting? And then, I, then he'd go on like a month streak where he was just, killing it with scores yeah i was like oh maybe i need to start listening to him more (laughs) because our skill level him and i our skill level came up together and Uh you know we practiced together so it was i was always competing against him i'm like yeah you don't know what you're talking about i you need to do it like this or you know and he kept kicking my ass all the time too so absolutely (laughs) absolutely well that's awesome though i'm i'm excited to see you get into hunting too you know and um I I think you're going to get just as big of a passion for it as you've got in with archer or with target archery, you know. Uh man, there's nothing like that the first time eating the meat from your own animal or, you know, it's right. it's really cool. Definitely. Yeah. Um oh yeah, and like I was saying uh with teaching um the I think the biggest moment for me was out of all the stuff I've ever won, the best, by far, most exciting moment was setting up the bow for my daughter and taking her to her first tournament. And I couldn't believe she shot the whole thing either <laughs> at four. And she made it through the whole thing, and she had a blast. And nice. I mean, nothing beats that, you know. No, no, it's priceless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> priceless. Priceless. Maybe it's maybe we'll change this to priceless archery and hunting. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, okay so i something i wanted to ask you about since you mentioned it to me before um why don't you tell me a little about your um your first attempt at your cbh your grand slam and kind of explain what that is uh the grand slam is winning uh four different championships in 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 a year's time it doesn't have to be all in 17 or so-called all in 18 you can have two championships but they have to follow each other so you got four consecutive championships so uh, this season here i uh championship in the state 450 championship in the state 900 um my attempt was to go to the state broadhead which i had never done before much Mm -hmm. less guest yardage and do that and then from there leave the following weekend and go up and do the state field round so um had two successful 450 uh, the state 900 and then went to the or vice versa and then went to the state broadhead and uh it was a huge learning curve <laughs> <laughs> was it the yardage did guessing the yardage that... guessing the yardage my first my first five targets were big eggs i got zeros on the first five oh, targets wow. and really? uh instead of getting frustrated I started trying to guess a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew what my bow was capable of, so I didn't have any doubts in that. Uh, point of impact with broadhead was where it should be. 
it was just the guessing part that got me. Yeah, um, lean in just a little, just so it stays. Oh, and then the the first day, of course, the first morning was twenty eight mile an hour winds. This was up at Fort Tejon. Uh, <laughs> it was foggy when it started, so you couldn't see the targets clearly. Uh, and then it was raining, drizzling. So we had all okay. the all the elements going it's on. Perfect hunting scenario. Perfect hunting it's scenario. Like best time to hunt. <laughs> um, so, like I said, the first first five targets struggled at, and then uh, fog lifted up slightly, uh, still drizzling, and then I started just making points of interest or points of impact, uh, guessing yardages a little bit better, kind of splitting the yardage up so I can yeah. see okay, this is about halfway. How far is that? Mm-hmm. And then double it. Um, Things like that, and then looking at the animals, because I have shot the animals in 3D events also. So looking at the animals. Um, and finally, about a third of the way on the first day, was started picking things up, started hitting my, my targets. Um, and then the second day was a whole different day, because I figured out a way to where I can judge it for myself for that week and being quick at it, because mm-hmm. I've never done it before. So it helped me out the second day. second day was a lot better, but... Um, just the whole part of learning about the broadheads and how they fly, what causes them to fly different. Everything was a big part of that. Yeah. So after that, I didn't go to the field event, stayed home, worked in the shop, um, but better prepared for next year. Like yeah. I'll be better prepared for that. Um, but you got to start all over again. You yeah. Know, you got to get your state 900, state 450, and then hit it again until you eventually try or attempt to get that grand slam. Yeah, but there is a lot of great shooters in the state of California. So <laughs> there definitely is. No. There definitely is. Yeah. It's just uh, Paul keeps telling me, he says you need a state championship under your belt. Well, I have individuals, but I don't have a grand slam. And here talking about grand slams, my grandson's got two or three of them. So, oh man! So he's he, te- <laughs> he teases me, but with a, a good heart. Yeah. You know? um, he's been a great kid, a great ambition as far as that. Yeah. Working with him and learning, and uh, he's a he's a great kid. He's my outlaw partner. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you guys have done pretty good in outlaw previous. Yeah, we had fun this last year. He had some rough moments, but we did all right. Yeah. This is, I think, for me, our our outlaw series. This is like the first year where. I've had I've made some money at at a couple of them uh-huh. and did some decent shooting and actually uh partnering up with Jaden both of us were pretty close at yeah. a couple of them we were going into our second days at, tied for first and then you know this yeah. little things happen but him and I had a blast with that too and, absolutely and everybody made fun of him and we made videos of him and right all kinds of good stuff he could yeah he can't <laughs> yeah if you if if you have me on Facebook or Instagram, I think you can find that video that <laughs> Keith Baggett made of Jaden doing his vertical jump and getting like three inches off the ground. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, let's see here. So, yeah, I mean, we kind of went over most of... Uh, what got you into target archery and everything mm-hmm. else. So now you're the new owner of Impact Archery mm-hmm. in Clovis, um, which is we're the longest running bow shop in California. California, I think. Yeah. yeah. Since fi- 1953, right? 59. Oh, 59. 1959. Yeah, I, I mean. Al Jean started it up. 
Algene. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was, I think it was Dave. Dave Rasmussen. Rasmussen. I think there was somebody yeah. else that kind of partnered up in there. Okay. Um, and then from there, it was Tom and Barbara. Yeah. And then Tim Burnett. Yeah. And then uh, myself and Bobby. Awesome. I couldn't think of a better person, too. I was so excited when I heard that you were taking over over here. I, you and Bobby, it's perfect. Yeah. You know, and I, the passion you have for this, I knew you were going to you're going to love the work you're going to have to put in being oh, behind yeah. the counter here and everything. And, and I know you're probably, I mean, you're nonstop learning all the newest stuff every day too. You know, I'll still stick to my guns on, on old stuff and old tuning techniques and <laughs> come in and you'll show me that I'm wrong and I'll just listen. <laughs> um, I won't show you you're wrong. I'll just show you a new way to do it. You'll let me find out on my own that I'm wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you get to make your own decision on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you got me shooting a PSE this year. That, that's been kind of fun. Yeah. You know, um, I've had a blast with that bow and love it and just um, haven't really been doing contracts or anything, just kind of playing with what's out there. I've never mm-hmm. really got to do that, so it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so what's uh what's what's in the store for the shop? I mean, right now if anybody who is familiar with the shop, we just had a awesome renovation in here. It looks beautiful. What all Thank you. Uh, why don't you tell everybody what all we did? Uh we basically stripped the shop down. Um some shop shooters and us came in here and stripped the shop down. We repainted. Uh we put in floors, put in some slat wall to give it a new new look. Uh, change the color on the wall a little bit so it's not yellowish anymore kind of uh, <laughs> give a little bit of a grayness to it but brighten the shop up a little bit yeah uh, got, we get a lot of comments on the floor um, got a lot of referrals uh, going out because the floors turned out nice so eventually we're going to re- remodel the the lanes themselves give them a little bit different look get some new posters yeah. up yeah uh, we definitely. just got the bales new bales in so um, it's been good. As far yeah. as bows that we have in here, we have the the Hoyt, the PSC, the Elite, and Botex. Um, happy with all of them. Customer service seems to be good with uh, most of them. Uh, you're always going to have some glitches in the works because you deal with people. And people operate computers, so regardless, there's always some little glitch along the way. But Definitely. for the most part, good people on the other side of the phones. Yeah. So... Oh, for sure. And I mean, I've I've been hearing nothing but great things from everybody who's been coming in here and meeting the new owner. Everybody loves you. So <laughs> <laughs> try you, been... you, know, you don't. I know you don't always hear it, but I get people telling me that it's making a difference. So we're gonna keep moving forward. That's good. Keep I mean, charging. yeah, it's. I think you and I are in the same boat. We want to see. I mean, I, I would love to see this sport explode. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of. It's tough because the biggest part of this sport is hunting mm-hmm. because everybody who gets into the target side of it, like 90% of those people start by becoming better hunters. Yeah. That's the reason to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it's, yeah, I mean, there's just, <laughs> what can you say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You got to, <clears throat> you got to really cater to the hunters and. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, that'll help build up target archery more. And the problem, too, is that you can't, uh, 
you can't necessarily blow up hunting like it just it just can't there's there's only a limited number of animals in the world everybody can't hunt exactly you know and that's i think that's the biggest argument between uh vegans and hunters but part of the journey is the hunt exactly (laughs) (laughs) we don't always get the animal but uh the the journey in itself the camaraderie amongst the hunters absolutely uh, that's that's all part of that journey in life i mean oh yeah i mean (laughs) i i came back from oregon empty-handed and i won't say how much money i'm out from that trip but it does it it was worth every penny yeah you know it's the knowing you we put in you know like 42 miles in a week and just worked our asses off and Mm -hmm. got into the animals and were so close every time it just it was an experience that makes me i just can't wait to do it again right right so it draws us back yeah it's the thrill of the hunt yeah (laughs) but it, it yeah it always makes me wonder too if you know hunting can only be so big i mean i guess if it got if hunting turned into something that that everybody wanted to do you know i guess all all that would happen is you know most people probably think that all the animals would die well no Mm-mm. what would happen is the the harvests would be minimized you yeah. know you can't you know the numbers as if the numbers start the harvest reports start coming in heavier Mm -hmm. then the numbers that you can harvest are going to get smaller and hunting you know might turn into more of a a drawing situation everywhere but i i don't think that's in the works anytime soon no it doesn't sound like it but but yeah i mean (laughs) i'd love to see target archery just explode through the roof though i mean it's so much fun and it it grows every year every event seems Mm -hmm. to get bigger and bigger Education, I think, a big part of it is education, and, and yeah. we got to start with our youth too. Yeah, um, that's why we incorporated uh, lessons on Saturday morning mm-hmm. uh, from nine to ten, nine o'clock sharp, hopefully. Uh, but from nine to ten on Saturday mornings, we have lessons. We have a level two instructor in there, um, and the more students we get, the more assistance we have, also. Uh, and then on uh, Monday evenings, we have our joy program which is a junior Olympic archery development. It's more of a club situation to get the kids in there. They learn how to mentor each other uh, through their experiences and learning how to become a better shot. Um, They base it basically based off all Olympic archery tournament type shooting. But the benefit of that is they become better shots, whether they're hunters or not, their families. I know we have a few guys in there, or a few kids in here that hunt, Mm -hmm. but their parents have noticed that now, when they go hunting, they are better shots. They're more aware of their capabilities. So it it all kind of stands out to each other. It's all just little branches. Yeah. So it's a good thing to see them. And then the growth in there and the camaraderie, uh, the kids learning how to communicate with each other instead of through their telephones. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> so uh, a, lot of, a lot of positive things happening. So and, and we're pushing to make things a little bit better here also, starting up a... a a shooting staff this year hopefully perfect so. yeah yeah that's um yeah i mean you're you're right and that i think about that a lot now about what what's going to get new kids into the sport and really enjoying it what and new movies coming right that's that <laughs> seems to be the trend for for archery pretty right. much right it's always you know what what new movie just came out that that makes everybody want to go in and 
shoot a bow like Katniss or like yeah. Hawkeye or like you know whoever's out Brave. and about. <laughs> Even now, <laughs> <little> yeah, redhead. <laughs> you get the those small kids from the Disney movies. Oh yeah, get, yeah. I'm waiting for there. We need something like, I, it, if Marvel only made a better character than Hawkeye, <laughs> that was just like his own awesome solo character. Right. That they did just the biggest movie in the world about. I mean, this sport would be insane. Yeah. We need a movie about a pro archer that somehow that maybe fights crime at night or something. There you go. <laughs> Arrow. That would, that would work. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. It's I. I'm surprised that hasn't blown up even more. You know, I I right. watched that show all the time. That, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still going, but yeah. I think if there was a little bit more around in Fresno too, you know, maybe yeah. some stuff in the schools. Or even a tournament or two where people happen to be driving by and seeing it. Because I remember the first time I saw tournament shooting was out behind uh, Fresno State, where the, the uh, stadium is now. Really? They used to, uh, Paul was telling me, and I had seen it at one time. Paul's telling me they used to do archery back there uh, in the soccer fields and stuff. Nice. So I saw it. That was just a drive-by. But there's there's plenty of places around here to have it. It's yeah. just a matter of letting the, the city know that this is a safe sport. It's a lot safer than football and baseball is. Um, but yeah. they, they just need the information, correct information, and not seeing it as weapons of mass destruction type of deal. They're, they're actually tournament-style weapons, whether it be a hunting bow or mm-hmm. other. It's all an archery. So, Yeah, I mean, I um, I got an archery club started when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and... Um, I think they had some kind of a grant for after school program. I I walked in freshman year and the first thing I did was talk to them about doing something archery related and getting archery in the school and you know they they kept telling me, "Oh, come to this meeting." And I showed up to some meetings and listened to some stuff and it just wasn't coming through and finally I kind of gave up on it after like two and a half years. Yeah. And then I walked, like, first day of school, my senior year, our, the principal called me in and was like, all right, we got a grant. Let's do this archery thing. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and um, we, didn't, uh, we didn't really do, like, through the NASP or anything like that. But we did. They came in. They ordered all the same equipment, mm-hmm. the Genesis bows and nice. uh, some aluminum arrows. And uh, they actually, we got, I think we had, like, eight targets and like 16 bows or something and uh found a spot out in the field and it was you know after school from for like an hour mm-hmm. there was all these different things they can choose to do they can go to one classroom and play video games they can go to another okay. and do art or you know whatever kind and, of an open more recreational yeah than organized yeah and we we put archery on the list then the first day we started, we had like 60 kids lined up ready to shoot. And my dad would come out and actually help with that all the time. And, nice. you know, he just, you know, you know how it is putting new shooters on the line and you just stand there and go through everybody. Patience. Yeah. <laughs> and it boiled down to like the same, it started to get to like the same 20 kids wanted to come every day. And mm-hmm. then you didn't really have to, uh, be too hands-on like you would do with a first-day person or first-day right. student and kind of let them go on their own. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of a hit. A lot of people were really into it. And we even did a trip up to Dunlap to the Fresno Field Archers. Oh, nice. And uh, they they chartered a bus for us, and we went up there and shot 
the lower range they got and yeah yeah everyone had a blast <laughs> that's awesome i mean it that's and that's the the kind of thing i think that i think more people would be addicted right away if there was something closer to home mm-hmm. where they can see like what tournaments are like with all the people and what outdoor archery is like yeah with a big group and you're competing and there's the award ceremony at the end and you you camp for the weekend and the, raffles. the benefits if you had uh, an area where you can do a feed in town yeah to where people driving by walking their dogs and stuff can stop and pause for a moment the people that you're drawing in are from out of town yeah so they got hotels to stay at they got to eat at restaurants and stuff so it's just yeah it's a small it's a small deal but it can still happen you know i think behind the right people it could work yeah i mean even if it's something simple where people like you said if if the public can see it obviously they're not going to stand and watch forever it's it's like watching paint it's, dry, yeah but. it's not the most fun <laughs> spectator sport but they're gonna go oh i want to try that where can i go right you know and i think people a lot of people who just do it and do some rental bows and get bored kind of quick think that if they buy uh, an awesome target bow or something they think that the only thing they can do is stand in here and shoot and i th- i definitely think we all need to work hard to make more people aware of what's out there because yeah i think our biggest advantage is our 3d shoots our orange spot shoots mm-hmm. you know down well, the here fact that we got West three Coast. clubs three clubs within 40 minutes of us. yeah 40 45 and, minutes um well, more than that now you know we've got we've got a new one coming up oh yeah and we've got madera we've got wood lake and, and dunlap Fresno, yeah. yeah so yeah i mean i i think nothing beats that the first time people walk through the mountains and shoot at 3D animal targets with spots on them. Mm-hmm. I people just get addicted, or they just oh, yeah. have a blast. They I've never, be I've never taken someone to a shoot who just didn't talk about it for months and say how fun it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a good time. Definitely. <laughs> so yeah, and that'd be something cool too. I'm definitely glad to know that Impact's really working on getting more kids involved. And oh yeah, what uh, is? Do you have any other? plans or programs in the work that you can talk about yet or anything you're thinking about uh tournaments you want to host or turn- stuff like that well yeah we're thinking about hosting a tournament here before too long cool um we're going to do our we start our uh, fun league in october which okay. is on thursday nights um that's where we're going to initiate the um shooter staff program let cool. everybody know how it's going to work what it's going to take um and then from there, we start our actual uh, Vegas preparation in November, and we run that yeah. all the way through till February. Um, and in between, I'm going to obviously try to build something else into it, too. So, yeah. So I know Joad will continue on. Um, last I talked, uh, Stars and Stripes is going to be coming here. It's an actual Joad team. Uh, they're going to be coming here and calling this their home. So we're just going to build off of that. Very cool. Yeah. So. Jeff Favory, we're fortunate enough to be able to work with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be coming in and coaching and teaching and working with us. So, yeah, he's uh he's one of my favorite people in archery. He's he's a character. He's, he's awesome. Had a lot of fun with him over the years. Yeah. Did uh did I ever tell you about what was it? I think in Reading, he so so we're shooting Reading, 
and oh, it wasn't the year we were staying with him. I think it was the next year, and um, we were on the same target as him. And uh, so, for anyone who doesn't know, Redding has a money shoot, and you can partner up. And right. his partner, were we happened to be on the target right by the entrance, and Jeff was late. The it, we were getting ready to start, and I think the they already set off the horn or whatever, and he pulls up right after that, and his partner had shot already and he runs up to his truck and he goes hey can i uh let me park this thing for you and you can just go shoot so we can get started and he goes oh okay yeah so jeff jumps out and grabs his chair and rolls over and starts shooting and and his his partner (laughs) jumps back out of jeff's truck and runs up to him and goes hey uh can can i drive this and Jeff just looked at him, right? Just dead serious, looked at him and goes, no, it's for one arm and one leg only. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, got, it, I have so much fun whenever we're hanging out with him. He's, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, he's been killing it as far as coaching and the kids and – yeah. I I mean everything he's got involved with uh the vets. The all oh, the veterans, yeah. I mean yeah. <clears throat> he does some pretty incredible stuff and Yeah. And Even a lot of the dis- disabled type of stuff going on too. He's Yeah. hand hands on. Oh yeah. So, yeah, he's a good attribute to archery. Yeah, he's it's awesome. Um Well, yeah. So, is there anything else? Anything new with the shop or anything else you're planning on? Anything exciting coming up? Christmas? No, I don't know. <laughs> Christmas no. is coming up, so everybody should come in here and and buy out the the whole stock. Yeah. I mean, everybody needs a bow for Christmas, so. <laughs> a, a lot of people always wonder where people come from, too. And uh, people don't realize I've been in the motorcycle industry for 27 years. So yeah. Nuts and bolts and, and uh, physics and stuff like that. I've been involved with so maybe new to the the hunting side and new to archery but um it's nuts and bolts to me it's fun yeah. it's passion I'm passionate about it I want to make sure when people bring their bows in here they're my bows until they pick them up so yeah. I I treat everything as if it's mine I wouldn't want to shoot a bow that's going to break break or blow up on me so right I set it up the best best of my abilities that I know of and then if customers got problems, I got no problem in helping them. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, again, I can't say it enough. I love the way you got into hunting. It's the way I wish so many people would. It's, it's a very tough thing to get into. I mean, unless you have a lot of money, it could be very easy for mm-hmm. sure. If you can, and and there's battles about that too. And I think there's nothing wrong with paying your way through a great hunting trip that's guided or whatnot because in the end it all does the same thing that there's a certain amount of animals that can be harvested that will keep that population alive that, yeah exactly. you know it needs to happen that's the crazy thing is so many people want to who are against hunting say we need to you know just leave them just Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Let nature take its course. Well, nature hasn't taken its course for for thousands of years. I mean, ever right. since we've started hunting these animals, we, I mean, the last few hundred years have been ridiculous. 
if we want to leave them be and let nature take its course, well, then we need to get rid of everything we've ever built because it's all on their land. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> every, you're going to get rid of your house and uh, every building ever. I mean, that's just, it, it makes no sense. You get, right. We can't just say, oh, no, that's their space and we should never go there and just let them, let n- nature take its course. Well, what happens when things do go extinct? Because well, a lot, a lot of things will go extinct. If we or stop. what are people going to start doing when we've got mountain lions and bears walking around through the city? Like it's theirs. It's coming too. Which it, which it was. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah I there, mean, there's. I don't think people think think things through far enough to realize that certain things need to happen. Yeah. I mean, we we're put on the planet just as much as they were. Mm-hmm. And yes, a strong survive, but there's still a weeding out, and there's still that stuff was put there for us to eat, yeah, and enjoy and watch. I mean, I love watching wilderness videos and watching baby fawns and and deer going through meadows. That's all awesome, but to harvest is just as awesome, right? You know, it's it's not an experience everybody gets to do, and it's not that you want everybody up there doing it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there'll be a lot of people missing or wounded animals, but I understand. I mean, both sides I understand, but there's got to be a happy medium. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I'm sure there's people out there who, who, who are kind of crazy when they go out and hunt something. But it's, I mean, it's hard for me every time. It's still taking a life, yeah. you know, and it's, it's probably the. I think this word gets overused with hunting, but it is closest to the most spiritual thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a huge deal, but it's, you know, it's an animal that also got to live a very good life. And I think it does way more to, it does, it it helps a lot against factory farming. I mean, as much as it possibly can, as Mm -hmm. much as one person can, it definitely does something way more healthier than factory farming <laughs> you know, for sure i mean you know it's it's tough everyone's got to make their living but yeah exactly there's a lot of crazy things out there right now and the idea we've been involved with these animals for so many years that if we just stepped away now it would be detrimental to them mm-hmm. there we would lose so many animals like you know, people, you know, wolves got reintroduced to a certain area, which, you know, it happened. We can't take that back now. But people freaked as soon as they found out they opened it up for hunting to the wolves. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they were just extinct and now you're, or they're endangered and now we're hunting them. And yeah, because we, we did our job. They repopulated. Yeah. You know, and now if we don't stay on top of it they're going to kill everything yeah uh, yeah there was a time wolves were the scariest thing in the world and they'll they'll come back to that if you just leave them alone i yeah. mean it's such a weird argument to well, have that's with why we got fishing game to help monitor all that stuff yeah keep things on a happy medium a happy basis <laughs> yeah i mean that's what it's about it's biologists who uh who look at all the life out there and really use the best science they can to decide you know how many can safely be harvested and how it's going to affect them Mm -hmm. you know even 
so many people have are afraid to use the scary word trophy hunting, which in a way, you know, if, if people think it's not, you know, it's leaving the meat. And I, you know, I mean, people I've heard tell me, um, well, I guess, I guess I'm, I might be okay with hunting, but I'm definitely against trophy hunting. It's like, well, if you're against trophy hunting, then you're, you're with hunting because trophy hunting is illegal in the U.S. I mean, you can't kill an animal and not take the meat. Right. It's against the law <clears throat> everywhere in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And and when you go overseas to other countries, it's it's the only thing they have over there in certain areas to help those animals to survive. Or even like in Africa. Yeah. They 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 uh, they harvest the animal to the trophy hunter. Right. And then all that meat and everything goes to the local yeah. tribes and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, no harm, no foul. I mean, that's probably a, not a good terminology to use, but it's still used for the tribes around there. Right. So they can have food and stuff that they wouldn't otherwise have because, I mean, to take down an elephant or a water buffalo or something like that, some of those tribes are so poor over there, they cannot no. harvest any meat. No, so not at all. when you get a hunter that goes over there, they get their trophy pictures, but all that stuff is used over there. So kind of gets given yeah. back to... You know, to get to do that trophy hunt, it gets given back to the surrounding area. So it that's that's what's so hard for people is people think, oh, and you know, I can agree with a lot of people on the. It sucks to see some, you know, rich a hole guy who just goes and drops a two hundred thousand dollars and kills something, you know, and it gets driven out in a cart and just does it, but. People would be shocked if they actually did the research and found out how many animals were saved, how many were are not extinct because of that. Right. <clears throat> because it's PETA and whatever organizations are out there, they're not going to raise the money and donate the money that it's going to take for those people, for those villages and tribes or communities mm-hmm. to protect those animals. And their biggest problem is poachers. Yeah. You know, and you you get down to like five animals of a certain species left. And one of them is aggressive and killing the other males. And it can't, and usually they're past breeding age. So you're not going to get anything from it. Right. Other than other dead males because it's bigger and badder. Yeah. So you let some dumb American come over and pay $200,000 and he's happily going to do it because someone will have the money and want to do it. Yeah. And that money will do so much for that community. But not only that, it'll put a fence around those animals and hire security to stop poachers, you know, and to keep those animals alive. Yeah. But it's so crazy to tell people, yeah, you, you got to kill them to save them. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a, it's a world of half truths anymore. You don't get the full story, right? So, unfortunately, but we just keep working through it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What can you do? I mean, you just keep spreading the the word of hunting, and you know, hoping people see the good side of it. Yeah. And people, and like we said before, hopefully, people. Don't make that choice to just go out and start flinging arrows aimlessly and hope for the best. Yeah. 
you know, because I, I, I can say, you know, I have to swallow my pride and say that, oh, I started like that, you know, I didn't know any better, and, and I, it would have been hard for me to not just fling one at 60 yards, even though I know I couldn't hit it when I first right. started. I would have just wanted to take that opportunity. Luckily, I was such a bad hunter, I never saw any animals. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but it's, uh, there's a lot of great content out there about what hunting is now. And a lot of that in the last few years has really changed my perception on it and made me realize the effort that needs to be put in to, to yeah. really make everything count. Definitely. Yep, and you're definitely doing a great job with your setups, and I can't wait to hear about how Idaho goes for sure. Yeah. And forward to that. Yeah, and man, the the shop looks great. I I love seeing the crowd of people I'm seeing coming in here. I'm hearing nothing but great things from everybody. So you know it's really awesome, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk again soon. You got it. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, let's wrap this up and go get some food because I'm starving. <laughs> so that's it for episode two. Um, I recorded episode one, and I'll go ahead and tell you, don't even listen to it because it was a lot of babbling, and <laughs> me taking my first crack at this was kind of rough. I tried to talk about backpack hunting and, well, tried to talk about the gear list. I think maybe... After doing it a couple times now, I can do a better one. And maybe I'll just try and redo it. Or maybe we'll do it together since you might be getting into backpack hunting a little bit. and Definitely. Need Part some knowledge fun. on that. Yeah. I You know, I love talking to everybody about it. And then as soon as I hit record on something, I start stumbling over my words. And drawing blanks? Like, yeah, just drawing <laughs> blanks. I have to write stuff down. And, yeah, the, the first five attempts at that first podcast were horrible. And I still don't like the one I put out, but... <laughs> We'll uh we'll get better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye everybody.